Greetings, Earthlings. Out in the Mojave Desert, I stumbled upon a strange device, half buried in the sand. It's a smooth metallic bean about the size of a football, with nothing on it but two small dials used to tune to different stations. It's kind of like an old ham radio. But the weirdest part is, it can pick up stories from the past, broadcasts that no longer exist. It might be some old abandoned government project or reverse-engineered alien technology, or both. Whatever it is, we're using it to investigate LA's outer space craze in the mid-20th century. We'll look into government cover-ups, ETs, space travel, UFOs, and the New Age movement, all from the perspective of Los Angeles. We'll occasionally float away from LA, but we'll never go too far for too long. There's history, some science, and several mysteries to unfold in the upcoming segments. And be prepared, we're zipping through time and back again, trying to catch every last specimen in these cosmic investigations. What was spotted in California skies years before the Wright brothers' first flight? Did people really believe that Martians were invading their communities? And what hovered above Los Angeles one evening in 1942, triggering the first military attack on a UFO? Stay tuned for Terror in the Air. November 17, 1896. Sometime after 6 p.m., above the tallest building in Sacramento, the dome of the state capitol, a huge fireball of electric light travels slowly over the city. The object glides unevenly, dipping down before sailing higher once again. One witness swears he hears something in the sky above. <laughs> Sounds like laughter. Then a voice. Lift her up, quick! You're making directly for that steeple. As if obeying the speaker, the object quickly climbs up, continuing southwest. When it's over a streetcar company's barn, several employees rush out to get a look. They're drawn out by the distinct sound of singing. The ball of light is visible for 30 minutes before vanishing into the darkness. Viewed an aerial courser as it passed over the city at night. Declare they heard voices of those aboard joined in merry chorus. What was it? An apparition wandering through the atmosphere, several persons last evening, saw a big ball of fire. More than one person was heard to declare that he distinguished human voices engaged in song and mirth coming from above, but could discern no outline of a balloon, nothing but a large ball of light. There were persons who insisted that it was a newfangled airship lighted by electricity and traveling direct for San Francisco from somewhere. In 1896, the extent of human-crafted aviation is limited to kites and hot air balloons. 
both devices extremely slow-moving and complete slaves to the wind. But in the following days, witnesses report even more unusual descriptions of the bizarre object. The body of the craft was oblong and egg-shaped, with fan-like wheels on either side, whose rapid revolutions beating the air served to propel the vessel directly against the wind. Suspended directly beneath it was a brilliant searchlight, evidently so placed that the occupants could ascertain when the vessel approached too near the Earth. Such is the description of the vessel given by R. L. Lowry, who also claims to have been able to distinguish four men who were seemingly engaged in propelling the vessel by its fan-like wheel, much after the fashion of a bicyclist driving his wheel over a boulevard. But many educated aeroscientists stick to the belief that whatever it was, the object could not have been a manned airship. Though aviation has been seriously researched for over a century, balloons are considered a thing of the past. Tests of ability to navigate the air have been made, but mostly with ill and sometimes fatal results to the experimenters. In later days, the experimenters have nearly all settled down upon the principle of the aeroplane, abandoning the use of inflated spheres to sustain the weight of navigators. If man is to be floated in the air, it will be done on the principle upon which the birds proceed to mount. <laughs> So what of the sightings of a manned balloon with jolly harmonizing crewmen? Easy, say the skeptics, hoaxes and jokesters. But it is clear that at least some inventors are still considering balloons for aviation. In four years, German general and inventor, Ferdinand von Zeppelin, will successfully fly his LZ-1 steerable balloon or dirigible. And then, a man from San Francisco emerges. A lawyer's word for that airship. Claiming to represent the craft's inventor, adding more credence to the mysterious vehicle. Safely housed now near San Francisco, the attorney says he has seen the queer craft and promises an exhibition. Though this demonstration never comes to be, for the rest of the month, mystery airships are spotted time and time again up and down California with reports from San Jose and Fresno down to the San Fernando Valley and Los Angeles. A celestial phenomenon. Is it an airship or only acute indigestion? Los Angeles wants a share of the wonder. Many think they saw it last night. A crowd of about 100 men, women, and children gathered at the corner of Spring and Temple Streets last night, and some of them declared they had seen the airship. The descriptions vary but many recall a bright illumination, believed to be caused by a searchlight. This is where the astronomer skeptics chime in. The excitement increased until an astronomical looking individual chanced by and was overheard to remark, It's amazing to see these groups of people gazing at the planet Venus and thinking from its great size and brilliancy that it must be an airship. LA City Council member Edward Hutchinson would add, Someone who had not noticed that the planet Venus was at its brightest stage started the report that the planet was a flying ship in rapid motion toward the city. An hour later, most of the crowd had been at supper and reappeared on the street. Venus had disappeared in the west, and Mars had appeared high in the eastern sky. 
some observant genius reported that the airship had passed over the city and was rapidly receding into the lofty eastern sky. In the latter half of the 19th century, Mars became a celestial body of earthly fascination after an Italian astronomer observed what seemed to be well-organized channels, or canale, on the surface of the red planet. This was misinterpreted as canals, adding an extra hint of intelligent authorship to the unknown landforms. Where there are canals, there are travelers. The ghostly airship would continue to make headlines throughout the country over the next few years. And in April of 1897, an article from Aurora, Texas, would be the first reported link between unknown craft and the planet Mars. About six o'clock this morning, the early risers of Aurora were astonished at the sudden appearance of the airship which has been sailing through the country. Evidently, some of the machinery was out of order. When it reached the north part of town, it collided with the tower of Judge Proctor's windmill and went to pieces with a terrific explosion, scattering debris over several acres of ground, wrecking the windmill and destroying the judge's flower garden. The pilot of the ship is supposed to have been the only one on board, and while his remains are badly disfigured, enough of the original has been picked up to show that he was not an inhabitant of this world. Papers found on his person, evidently the record of his travels, are written in some unknown hieroglyphics and cannot be deciphered. The ship was too badly wrecked to form any conclusion as to its construction or motive power. It was built of an unknown metal, resembling somewhat a mixture of aluminum and silver, and it must have weighed several tons. Mr. T.J. Weems, the United States Signal Service officer at this place, gave it as his opinion that the pilot was a native of the planet Mars. But none of this is able to be corroborated, and no follow-up is ever reported on. Today, true believers in what has come to be known as the extraterrestrial hypothesis might call this the first recorded incident of a UFO crash and possible government cover-up. While the skeptics will note, this is the same month and year issue number one of H.G. Wells's War of the Worlds sat on racks across America. Throughout the 20th century, a story a lot like the Aurora incident is developed in the United States. It goes like this. A strange craft with odd properties and capabilities crash lands somewhere in the southwestern United States. The military and intelligence agencies quickly establish a controlled perimeter and whisk the vehicle off to a base for examination. In some instances, they just keep it hidden, the technology too advanced to even crack the surface of. Most storytellers believe the military has reverse-engineered a craft with varying success, and some go as far as to mention bodies, dead or alive. The most extreme adherents to the extraterrestrial hypothesis contend one or multiple earthly governments have made successful contact with one or more alien race. Deep state operatives have been withholding this life-changing information from the greater public for at least three quarters of a century for what they believe is our own good. In the government's mind, 
It is common knowledge that if the American population were to know they were in contact with extraterrestrial life, the country would erupt in turmoil. They've even included a chapter on it in the FEMA and Firefighter Emergency Response Manual. Fire Officer's Guide to Disaster Control. We will now turn our attention to the very real threat posed by unidentified flying objects, whether they exist or not. If the apparent visits by alien beings in their space vehicles should pose any type of threat, it will, as always, be the fire service that is called upon to provide the first line of life-saving defense and disaster mitigation. The well-documented and highly publicized War of the Worlds radio drama by Orson Welles shows how even a perceived existence to alien creatures can cause very real disaster-like conditions and panic among a given populace. Next time on Alien L.A. Did people really believe as a result of the War of the Worlds radio broadcast that Martians were invading their communities with poisonous gas and high-powered laser weapons? And if not, where does the persisting legend come from? For pictures and more info, please visit our Instagram, at Los Angeles Mysteries, and check out our other podcast, LA1909, The Griffith Park Murder Mystery. As always, I'm John E. Marino.